Ladies and gentlemen, December is here. Welcome to another exciting edition of the Atomic Podcast, where we're coming to you from Times Square in New York City. I am Ephraim Guzman, along with my longtime close personal friend, my heterosexual life mate, one of the most brilliant minds in the business, Eves the Cannon Sanin. You always come up with some new intro. Now I'm one of the most brilliant minds. I, I, not that I disagree with you, but I'm just saying. It's yeah. kind of off the... Choc- my chocolate thunder, the... Oh, God. The metal to my mayhem, man. Yes, thank you, thank you, thank you. How, you, how, how, how was your holiday? Yeah, it was all right. You know, just ate turkey. You ate turkey? Did you um make love to the turkey? Did you profess no, the no, turkey? No, no, Did you... No, no, I didn't do all that. I no, just ate okay. it. I didn't, I didn't make love or profess my love to the turkey. I just ate it. Oh, Did okay. you make love... Well, oh my god, dude I had leftovers for fucking Excuse my language Leftovers for days, dude I still have leftovers We're still making chicken Not chicken, excuse me Turkey soups Turkey salads uh, Turkey and cheese Hero sandwiches Like It's ridiculous So you're done with turkey uh, kind of, yeah, sort of, yeah, I'm done, I'm pretty same, much done yeah, Same here, same here, it was a great holiday, great relaxation, great two yeah. days off You know, now we're back at the grind again Back at know? the grind, back on the microphone Yeah, first of all, before we start off, I just want to give a couple of shout-outs That's um, what we do now, we do shout-outs on this show now? Eh, not, re- not necessarily, it's not really a shout-out really, but I just want to promote um, my friend Sandy Colara Whose book, The Art of Creature and Character Design, he's trying to start a Kickstarter fund So people can donate so he, this book could get out there. Very interesting book. So please um, help this man out because he's brilliant. What's, and, what's the Kickstarter? What's the Kickstarter? Do you know? Um, I don't know it offhand, but I'm sure if you go on the Google search engine, you can find out. And, you know, and the book is definitely going to be affordable. It's going to be under $45. So definitely check that out. Also, I want to give a shout out to Mr. Robert Segarra, who did two of our logos for the Atomic Podcast, which yes, you can sir. see yes, on the Twitter feed. And he also has. Um, a lot of stuff on YouTube that you definitely could check out from um, from multiple multitude of stuff. I'm sorry, I got a minute in my mouth. So definitely check out Robert J. Segarra. He, he he does um he does his own podcast or he does some just some things on YouTube. You can check it out on YouTube. It's Billy J. Bryan, Billy J. Bryan and the Axe Grinders, and he does a lot of songs in there. So you definitely check that out. Well, really wait, so entertaining so- songs, as in what? Like he. That's the band, Billy oh, J. Brown and the Axe Okay, okay, all right. So cool. definitely check it out. Um, also, um, anything else? Um, <clears throat> sorry about that. Just clearing my throat. Um, Let me clear my throat. Oh, God, I hated that song, too. Yeah, but anyway, <laughs> um, what else, what else? Uh, um, the Star Wars trailer. Let's talk about yeah, that. Yeah, yo. Uh, 88 Seconds of Pleasure. What did you think about that trailer? Of pleasure? I mean, you know me. I'm the one who's going to talk my talk. But yeah, because you're not a Star Wars fan, so you're definitely going to yeah, criticize it. So I, I mean... Besides, 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 um, the actual droid. What the hell else? I you don't mean, think John Boyega, the first black stormtrooper dude? But yeah, like there's no black men in space. Well, besides Lando Calrissian, um, hmm, is there? Yeah. No. Yeah. Besides Lando, I mean, there's, the, I mean, one, two. Okay, that's another thing I wanted to know. Who is the villain? The villain? I don't know. That's the whole surprise. There was a villain with a. Like a, a lightsaber, three, sl- three, three sprung lightsaber. Yeah. Right? So I don't know. Could it be Luke Skywalker? Could it be? But it's red, else? though. I thought red is um for, for the, the dark Sith. side. Yeah, but who knows? Who knows? Because you don't see anyone from the original characters of the original trilogy on the trailer. But you know, you see the X-wing fighter. You see, the, the you know the the Millennium Falcon. You know, you see this guy who looks like he defected from the stormtroopers, and he's just like on the move. And it looks like they're on the planet Tatooine. So it looks like the sand planet from the original Star Wars trilogy. And they had that droid. Is the R two D two rolling? Yeah, ball. it looks like R two D two. Yeah, it looks like a soccer ball. It yeah. looks like Wilson with, with with who's Wilson as a robot. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But it was that. But I mean, 
I guess he teased people, but it wasn't enough for every. It, it actually was enough for everybody to go nuts. I mean, I didn't give a crap about it. You know me. I don't care about Star Wars like that. I mean, I don't care about those big trilogies like Star Wars, Star Trek, Lord of the Rings, The Hobbit. It's just weird. I don't know. I don't get into those big, huge trilogies. Not that I haven't seen them, but it's just I can't get into it. Why are you not a Star Wars fan like that? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I've watched all three of them. Well, all s- seven? Is it seven of them? Um... Episode one, episode two, episode three, four, five, six. Episode six, six episodes. Of six of them. Yeah. Right. And if you count the horrible holiday special that never happened, and was that count, with the Ewoks? No, um, Wookie Day, where it was Chewbacca's birthday or life day, which they gave on CBS Channel Two, where it had B. Oh, Arthur. Uh, yeah, it had B. Uh, Arthur was in it. Yeah, it was a, a made-for-TV movie. Oh God, nobody wants to see that. I mean. It had nothing to do with it. But I bet you when you were a kid, you wanted to see it. Like, it made you happy to see... You know, I remember seeing it, but not really remembering it. Like, I don't really remember the dialogue. Like, yeah, I think you probably could find it on YouTube, but it's it's just horrible. It's like it never existed. Yeah. And remember the Ewoks movies? The that's Ewoks Battle for Endor? That's, that's what I tell you. I remember that. I remember the Ewoks Battle for Endor. That's what I remember that. That's what yeah. I was saying about the Ewoks movie. But I think it's gonna be it's it's gonna be phenomenal though, dude. It's gonna be phenomenal. This movie is coming out next year. You have the little teaser trailer, and it's you know it's already set for December of next year, which is gonna be a phenomenal piece of movie. Also, I want to make a correction on the last episode. I said the Hobbit was supposed to come on Thanksgiving. Correction: it's Hob- the Hobbit is coming out in December. December. I think on Christmas or oh my god I'm gonna probably have a correction again but it's, just, it's mean, coming it's out it's, it's tentative to be released right no no it's gonna it's scheduled for release in December okay so now are they gonna attach a superhero trailer regarding that is it gonna be like the Batman Superman trailer or the Avengers trailer what the uh, attached to the Hobbit they said something's gonna be attached to the um Hobbit. I think I don't know if they were gonna have the trailer for Star Wars again, but I'm sure there'll be different trailers. Also, the Bond, this I believe Thursday, is going to drop the Bond. There's a special announcement for James Bond. So by the time you hear this, you've already seen what the announcement for James Bond is. So they already got the villain already. Um, they do, yeah. Christoph Waltz. I don't know what villain he's playing. You know, rumors are circulating that he's playing the, vil- the villain Donald Pleasance played. Right, in the that old was one. in the old one, right, right. Do you remember right. the name of that character? Uh, I don't remember the name of the character, but I remember he was supposed to play the one of the old, I think it was I forgot which movie that guy was in, which which movie that villain was in, particular villain that was in that movie. But I mean, hey, I mean, yeah, I wanted to see something be. I wanted DC to surprise me. I thought they were gonna, I was gonna get surprised by the Hobbit when the Hobbit trailer was gonna go to me. Maybe a Batman Superman trailer or I don't know an Aquaman, yeah. or something, something. But I guess not. Yeah, I don't think there's any surprises coming up. You know, especially towards the end of the year, we probably will have more surprises probably in January. But so but, far, but January aren't they been doing reshoots? For the yeah, schedule. Yeah, the schedule to do reshoots. I believe next week. Um, am I sh- am I correct? I'm not well, no, really no, sure they about said that. January. They said early January reshoots. Yeah. Which so. I mean, I guess what? So when they say reshoots, educate reshoots, me. When they say yeah. re- reshoots, they mean reshooting. New scenes, more action. Yeah, scenes. either they could be shooting new scenes or adding scenes to it. If not adding scenes to it, they're just probably going to like enhance the scene. And they got everybody's schedule is clear. You know, supposedly Idris Elba, Tom Hiddleston. You know who they said they're going to be. Yeah, so it could be it could be a scene with including them. You know who knows. You know, what I'm saying there's a lot, a lot of possibilities could be reshoots. But they're just probably you know? going to show them, you know, him leaving Ashley Asgard, and he's going to bump into. Um, yeah, but if, I'm saying, but if you're getting Robert Downey Jr. back and Chris Hemsworth and the rest of the cast, it's got to be something either pretty big or something, you know, something like a swarm of scene or something. Who knows? Oh God, which was bad. <laughs> but you know, I mean, it was kind of cool. It was kind of cool. Didn't you want to eat shawarma after that? Didn't yeah, we have to eat shawarma. We have to eat shawarma. Yeah. Like, and we, we I, I still haven't tried it yet. Yeah, it's still I, I tried it. It's man. Mm, not food. much to talk about. Nah, it's food. It's edible. 
you need it. Yeah. But yeah, so Mr. Interviewer, Mr. Donahue, Mr. Phil, Me? Phil Donahue, yeah, you, you the one who's interviewing everybody. Not so necessarily. Who, who do you have now on this podcast? I have a legend in the film industry and a legend in the martial arts industry, five-time world karate champion in all forms between 1981 and 1985, all her movies from the China O'Brien movies, Lady Dragon, Cynthia Rothrock, man. She was awesome to talk to, sweet as hell. I had the biggest um, crush on her back in the days. I used to love karate, and she was the only female actually doing karate movies. She was so fine. I used to, I used to think about her all the time. Yeah. I want to say something else, but you know, you got PG thirteen. Oh my god, dude! <laughs> no, but it was she. I used to have the biggest crush on her back in the days. Yeah, and no, she's a phenomenal athlete, and uh, she is. She's a phenomenal. Like, how do you? Uh, from 1981, you said? Yeah, 81. Dude. Championships? Yeah. Jeez. She's awesome, dude. She has all forms of discipline, you know, from Northern Shaolin, Eagle Claw, you know, um, Tang Su Du, and, you know, some stuff I can't even pronounce, but, so you know the, what I'm saying? You know, the, you know these forms of Kung Fu? I don't know them myself, but, you know. I don't know if you know them to do them. I'm talking about you know them of them. Yes, 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 oh, yes. Okay. I know them of them. I see. And, you know, and she's been in the film industry since, like, 85, dude, and she's done, like, so many movies. Like, I remember going to, like, the DVD stores. She used to always movies, have DVDs, you know? and they used to play on Channel 11 also on... Um, on Pix, which is Pics, um, New York City. New York City, if, if you know that. At Channel 11, when you are younger, they used to always play movies on Saturdays and Sundays the whole day. And she used to be in a bunch of them. Channel 5 also. Five. Yeah, yeah, she's been in a lot of movies, dude. No Retreat, No Surrender 2. Um, she's been in an episode of Hercules, Channel O'Brien 1 and 2. She had a movie that I remember I used to watch. Was it T- Tiger Claw? Tiger Claw, yes. Tiger yes, Claw. Yes. She, yo, uh, I remember that movie particularly back in the days. I think it was like 9, 90, 90. Yeah, 1990, yeah, 1990. Yeah, Yeah, then the Rage of Honor movies, you know. She was good, she was one of the first female, like, she was the female. Was she the only, like, female actress who could kick ass? Oh, who was that? It was only her, I remember. It It was was only her her that I remember. I remember her, she used to always always be the lead actress in all those Kung Fu movies. Yes, yes, and there was really nobody else. There was nobody else. Was there anybody else? I can't even think, because when you were telling me about that, I remember, like, is this the only person I know that always were in Kung Fu movies by herself like she always had her own movie yeah she was she was amazing she still is amazing she's amazing, amazing person to talk to she's gonna be in the martial arts kid isn't she yes be? the trailer for the martial, martial arts kids is out there which is a a movie about bullying too you right, know what i'm saying right, it has right. a big campaign they had a um an event in times square right but definitely look it up fans so go to youtube don the dragon wilson and yeah. she also makes an appearance in the movie yes also. um tj storm and a couple TJ of other Star, people okay. but good. definitely fans can look up more information on that so definitely check that out the martial arts kid um and she also talks about mercenaries she talks about her oh the mercenaries is the other movie the, it's, it's the mercenaries is sort of like the female, the, ex- the female extendables, extendables okay. so she elaborates on that which is pretty cool you know i wish i had more time to talk to her such a sweet individual such a sweet right, person right, right. that's and good that's good and it's really cool. So, fans, let's get down to the interview. Ladies and gentlemen, I present to you the one, the only, Miss Cynthia Rothrock. The Atomic Podcast. You are now in the mix with the Atomic Podcast, where we blow up the news. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Atomic Podcast. My special guest today, she's an actress, she's a martial artist, and she's been in the business for plenty of years. Ladies and gentlemen, please give it up for Miss Cynthia Rothrock. Cynthia, how are you doing this evening? I'm doing great. I'm great. Thank you. First of all, I want to wish you a happy Thanksgiving as well. I hope you enjoyed your festivities and your turkey. I did. Happy Thanksgiving to you. And uh, yes, I, we had, had, a, had a great weekend. Oh, sweet, sweet. 
Um, definitely, um, um, I know you have a long historic um, career in Hollywood in the martial arts field, but um, tell me where it all began for you. Like, how did this all start for you? Oh, well, uh, how it all started. I guess so. I was 13, and I was uh, kind of into a lot of sports, a lot of into physical, physical activities, and my girlfriend's parents were studying Kung Fu at the Scranton Karate School, and they also owned uh, a salon. It was like a, a woman's health club, and uh, on Sunday they were closed, and they would clean up the equipment then, and we would kind of go down and kind of mess around, you know, on the machines and stuff, and uh, I would watch them practice, and that kind of got my attention. I said, ooh, that looks interesting. That might be something else for me to try, and I was always, you know, the person that always wanted to do things that were a little bit out of the norm, you know, that, hey, I don't know anybody that does that, or, wow, that would be really different, so I think I was kind of, kind of always, even from a little kid, a little bit out of the box all the time, so um, that that's, you know... But first, uh, piqued my interest, went down. My mom signed me up uh, for four months. <laughs> oh, wow, wow. So, you, you, as, as a little child, you was already rambunctious and everything? You was already... Well, with that, I did uh, what? I said, I said, was you always, like, a, um, a rambunctious little girl when you was younger? I, I, I don't know if I was rambunctious. I've always had a lot of energy, you oh. know, so I always, I always uh, wanted to be doing something, you know, and at that point, you know, when I was little, my dad used to take me fishing and ice fishing, and we played baseball, and we go swimming, and, you know, it kind of was like daddy's little girl, kind of, you know, doing all the little, little things, maybe, like, boys and girls do, you know, so I kind of liked, like, you know, I guess because I was the only child, I was my dad's daughter and his son at the same time. <laughs> so you had, you had everything all in one, you was all wrapped, the whole package all in one, basically. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> oh, all right. And um, in in school and everything, what was like your major in like in school and you know being in school and everything? Oh, it, it was interesting. I um, when I graduated from high school, I went to Boston University to college, and I was um, you know when I was in school, I wasn't that interested in school. I was actually like a, an honor student, but I was the kind of person that you know didn't really study. I'd studied the period before, and then I would get, like, an A. So school was just, at that point, not my interest. So I was like, well, what am I going to do? And I thought, well, you know what, I'll go and I'll be a physical therapist because I was always, you know, at that point I was studying martial arts, I was into fitness, I was into health, and I thought, oh, that's kind of a, you know, something that kind of coordinates with everything, you know, working with people on physical activity. And then I had a guidance counselor that said, do you really want to do that? You have to learn every muscle and every part of the body in Latin. And when they said that, that kind of killed it for me. I was like, oh, oh, oh. you know, I was like, okay, now. I don't want to do that. So I don't know why she said that. It was an insane thing. But so then I thought, well, I'm a good artist, so I'm, I'm going to change my major to art. So I called, you know, we called my mom, called the college, and they said, okay, well, you need to send in, like, six pieces of your work, and we'll determine whether we'll accept you into this instead of the medical college. So I got together, like, like in three days, put, like, six different pieces, and they accepted me for that. So off I went uh, to Boston University and never really, uh, you know, once I've been out of the state before. And um, I, 
of like it. I kind of was missing martial arts. I was, it's the first time I was really away from home. I was kind of missing my family. And then I, I just went for a year and I came back. And when I came back, I was like, well, you know what? I'm going to, I think I'm going to open up a martial arts school because that's really, really, you know, what I want to do. Oh, how does one open up a martial arts school? How did you, how did that, how did you proceed in doing that? Well, when I came back, I, I started uh, teaching uh, for my uh, teacher. Mm -hmm. So I was doing a lot of, you know, teaching, and then I just I had a partner, and we just said, hey, let's just, you know, open up a school. And it was quite successful. And um, so I opened, you know, opened up the school, and uh, let's see what happened from there. I was competing professionally at that time. Mm -hmm. And then um, I went out to California uh, to, uh, I don't know, in Sacramento, there was this big national tournament, and I came, went out for a month, and basically I was going to train at the West Coast Demonstration Team, you know, with, with Ernie Reyes, and mm -hmm. they got in a, for me, like, a, not an apartment, but a room, I was renting a room from the lady next door, and after I was in California for a month, it's like, that's it, I'm not going back to I'm moving here. So then that was the decision which led me uh, to move out of Scranton and live in California. Oh, so then I guess you wasn't homesick anymore after that once you got to California, right? You already, like, knew this was it. Yeah, yeah. And at, at that point, you know, I uh, started training and I was uh, on the West Coast demonstration team. And I also, at that point, I was introduced to Wushu. And when I first saw Wushu... I was like, I have to do that. I love that. That's how I want to move. And uh, I was introduced to Roger Tong, who was my Wushu instructor, but he was up in Seattle, so I would fly back and forth from California to Seattle, you know, uh, to train with him. And, uh, and then at that same time, you know, I was still competing, and I was number one, uh, you know, in forms and weapons at the time, and... We got a call being on the West Coast demonstration team from Paul Maslick, who's the editor of Inside Kung Fu, telling Ernie that there was a Hong Kong company here looking for a new Bruce Lee. They were looking for someone to fill Bruce Lee's shoes. And um, Ernie Reyes said, well, shall we bring the girls? And he goes, yeah, you know, you could bring them, but, you know, they're really looking for a guy. So a bunch of us went down because the guys on the West Coast demonstration team were phenomenal. So were the girls. So we all went down. And um, we all had to do some forms and weapons and self-defense. And uh, Corey Yoon, who is Yoon Kuei, who is, you know, a very popular Chinese director, he was there holding the auditions. And basically, they said, well, we like the girl. Let's go with the girl. So they signed me up. Yeah. And um, that's how I got started in, in film, is through that little audition. And I went to Hong Kong. Mm -hmm. uh, it was just going to be one movie. That's it. Mm -hmm. uh, one movie. And I thought, well, how, again, remember, you're talking Cynthia out of the box, right? Yeah. How cool is that that I could say someday I was in a movie and maybe I'll have my picture on a poster? <laughs> That's not what I was thinking of. And I uh, got on a plane by myself, went to Hong Kong, and in my mind, I'm thinking, enter the dragon. I'm thinking, okay, I'm landing on Hans Island, and they're going to dress me in, like, like a Chinese costume, and I'm going to have long black braids, and they're going to have razor blades in my hair, and I, I have this whole thing envisioned what I'm going to be doing. When I get there, they're like, uh, no, you're going to play Cindy, and you're a cop from England. <laughs> 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 okay, uh, 
the first day I got there, uh, we had a mon- there was a monsoon, and when there's a monsoon in Hong Kong, you cannot leave your hotel. It's against the law. <laughs> You've got to stay there. And they put me up to this real dumpy Holiday Inn, and for three days, I had to sit there alone. I had no phone. I didn't even know. I couldn't talk to anybody. And there was only one show that came on at, like, 7 at night that was, like, English. That was it. And... I was like, what am I doing? And I remember sitting on the bed, like, uh, almost crying, going, here I am in this hotel that smells, you know, and I, I can't watch TV, and I can't walk outside, and I don't know anybody, and nobody talked to me for three days, and then finally, when the monsoon lifted, <laughs> people came and said, okay, we're going to get ready, we're going to start shooting this film, so then everything was okay, but that was funny, that was like my introduction to, to Hong Kong. Oh, was it that a whole culture shock for you, being an American? And, you know, it's just like a whole, you're a totally different environment. Like, how did you adjust? Oh, it was totally different for me. And the, the biggest thing for me is not that many people spoke English. And uh, the only person really on the film set that spoke English was the producer. Oh. And, uh, um, and then, well, then at that time, she was the only one that spoke English. And then my first film I did was Yes, Madam, with Michelle Yeoh. And then Michelle spoke English, so that was great. And we became, like, really good friends. So at that point, the only two people I could talk to was her and, you know, and the producer. So I thought, well, I, I need to learn this language. So they said, well, learn Mandarin, because Mandarin is much easier than Cantonese. So I was like, okay. So I started learning Mandarin. The problem was, in Hong Kong, everybody spoke Cantonese. Nobody spoke Mandarin, so it was like, even if I knew Mandarin, I was still in the same position, not understanding what anybody was saying. So then I started studying Cantonese, and I lived in Hong Kong for three years, and basically, at the end of those three years, I kind of understood what people were saying, whether it was picking out a word, or if it was sign language, or I developed this own little way of translating that, you know, when other actors would come from America, they would always call me over to translate, <laughs> and even though I didn't understand exactly what they were saying, yeah. just through their actions, I knew what they were saying, <laughs> you know, so everybody thought, oh, she could speak fluent Cantonese. Oh my God. So you ended up yeah. so you ended up staying there and doing seven films there. Like you basically went over there to do one film. Like how? What made you decide, or did they convince you? Like oh, you could do a few more movies. You can do this. Like what? What happened there? Uh, what? What was that? <laughs> no, no. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I was talking too fast. I was saying. So you ended up. I was doing, doing fast. I was like, oh, wait a minute. You ended up doing seven movies there. Like how did that? You see, even though you went there just for one movie, like how did that? You know what? What? How did he convince you to stay out there? I, I did. Yes, madam. Uh, took seven and a half months to shoot. <laughs> oh. I thought it was. I was there for four months, so my contract just kept get, getting extended. Yeah. So at that time, by the end of the seven and a half months, I kind of really liked filming. I got used to Hong Kong. The first movie that I did came out. It was a huge success. And right away, they said, we want to sign you for another one. And at that point, I realized that I was going to do film for my career. Because at the same time I was shooting Yes, Madam, I had a goal that I wanted to be undefeated in forums, in women's forums, for five years in a row, and then retire. And this was my fifth year. And basically, it was a points, how many points you accumulated. Well, during these five years, I must have competed, you know, Oh, geez, way over, like, 500 times because I was competing every weekend, every Saturday, every Sunday. Whenever there was a tournament, I would go, and um, it was getting stressful because I would go, I would go to Hong Kong, even prior to being there, I'd 
go to China. I went uh, to Taiwan just to study uh, uh, mainland China just to get better because I didn't want to lose. And it was such a pressure for me because, you know, if I lost, my record would have been broken. So I thought if I could do this for five years uh, and, and never have lost in form, that that would have been a record that's very hard for someone to beat. And it's funny because sometimes when I say, oh, yeah, five times I'm defeated world champion, people think I just competed five times to defend my title. But, you know, I'm, I'm talking like, you know, literally over 50 times a year, you know, competing. So I would be on set and then I would fly to Minneapolis, compete, go back, get on the set the next day, and then then I became number one for my fifth year. And then that happened the same time my first movie finished. So... I, my plan all along was to retire from competition because I thought I want to go out on top. I don't want to go out, out because, you know, someone came and beat me. Yeah. And um, that was my goal and a record that I thought would be hard to beat. And at, now here comes my, a movie career. You know, you did this first one, it was successful, and we want to do another one. So everything just just kind of fit right in place at the right time for me then. Wow, so, yeah, everything just fits together like a glove, basically. And then, you know, you have more than one black belt. You have it in Wushu, Eagle Claw, Taekwondo. Like, you know, there's so many disciplines that you mastered. And did it take, like, a lot of concentration out of, like, you know, out of you? And, like, was you, like, totally focused? I'm sure you had no relationship at the time, so it was all about your career. Am I right? Yeah, yeah. Well, when I was, yeah, well, first of all, when I had a school... I was there all the time. You know, then I ended up, when I moved to California, I ended up opening a school as well. Uh, eventually, on my own, I was George Chung, so the two of us opened it. And uh, I would train all day long, you know, so that's, you know, and then I was competing, so I would literally train, you know, by myself with my students, you know. Um, and and it was just train, 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 train. And because I had the attitude, went and competed, and I took first place, made me work harder because I was like, I got to do it again, I got to do it again. So for those whole, that whole period of time, those five years, I, that's all I did is live, drink, sleep martial arts. I wouldn't, I wouldn't do anything unless it improved my martial arts. Like I would go to Chicago and compete in a tournament. You know, I'd be training at someone's local school instead of saying, hey, let's go see the sites, let's go see this. Or someone would say, hey, let's go skiing. No, I don't, don't want to learn how to ski because I got to... I, I have to practice my martial arts, you know, so I think, you know, people, one of the things people say, well, how do you be a champion, and it's just that I had that drive and I had that passion, you know, to, to do that, and, it, you know, that takes something that I think a champion has to have, you know, that you, you keep in mind that there's always someone that's going to be better than you, so every single day you have to put 100, 110% effort into your workout, and, and that's what I did, and then when I, I retired, it kind of, you know, opened up doors for me, because it was like, ooh, maybe I could go hiking now, or, oh, maybe I could learn how to ski, you know, I didn't feel guilty of doing other stuff other than my martial arts. Oh, okay, okay. And um, with the with the with the with, well, going into the movie aspect of it, um, did you have that same discipline as well for your film career as well? That you had that same discipline where you have to do movies, all your movies have to be on top, basically. Well, you know what? No, actually, I didn't. Obviously, because when I was competing to be on top, that was all me. You yeah. know what I mean? That was all on me. If I messed up, it was my fault. You know. Yeah. Um, my form good, it was my fault. I, I didn't have to depend 
depend on anybody else. When you do forms, of course you want to, I mean, when you do movies, of course you want to be your best, but sometimes the script might not come off so good, the director might not be so good, the others after, I mean, there's, it's a teamwork, you know, it's not just me saying, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be great, you know, and I was learning things, too, I, I was taken from competing in martial arts to be thrown in film, so I really didn't know anything about it, and then it, it was after I moved from Hong Kong, I lived there for three years, that when I came to L.A., I started getting in acting classes and started studying with Second City, you know, and that's when I really started saying, yeah, I got to progress this, but I was kind of like thrown into the wolf and didn't even know, you know, what was going on, what, you know, how you even shoot a film, so, it, you know, I always say, uh, Hong Kong was such a great way for me to start, because if I was going to make mistakes, it didn't matter there, like, I was going to say the line wrong, or, you know, you know, they dub everybody in a different place anyway, so it was, you know, it, it was a, a good place to learn. Oh, how was Second City? Yeah, Second City was great. Um, what I did is, uh, um, I had a friend that was part of Second City, and he says you should come and do it. And um, when I did it, I just loved it. Uh, first of all, like I love comedy, and comedy, you know, I just really love comedy. And these guys in Second City, um, it was like Ryan Stiles and Richard Kind and. Um, Bonnie Hunt, and uh, who else was there? Um, uh, Bob Odenkirk, I believe. Um, you know, I mean, these people like, are, were so amazingly talented to be working with them. It was good. But the thing that I loved about Second City was that, um, and at this point, I was already really known in my career, and, I, and like when you do Second City, you get on the stage, you have no idea what the script is going to be because you take suggestions from the audience. It's kind of like, what's my line anyway? You know, that shows yeah. on TV, that's the whole Second City format. So it taught me to listen to the other person because before, like when you first start out, you know, you're going to go up there and act, and you're thinking of your own lines. So while the person is talking to you, you know, you'd be looking at them thinking what your line is instead of really listening and acting. And if you did that in Second City, you'd be standing there with egg on your face because you'd be on stage and not able to say anything. So it taught me to really listen to the other actor and then come back and say something. So it was like probably one of my greatest tools that has helped me in acting is doing that because then I wasn't in my young head when I was acting. I was really, you know, focusing on what the other person was saying, which, you know, comes across on your face, you know, whether you're thinking of your line or you're really paying attention to what the other person was saying. So that that was amazing, and then it ended up closing, you know, which was kind of sad. I think they still have them, like, different places today, but it was, you know, it was golden for me. Wow, that's fascinating. I didn't even realize you was part of Second City like that because there's a whole class of actors came out from there, and I'm sure it definitely helped you in the film world when you started in the movies in America, right? Yeah, well, I already was doing movies when I did the Second City, so it was, you know, I I think I started maybe after Reagan Honor or something like that, yeah. you know, or somewhere around there, or right around, right, you know, right around in there. So, it, you know, it's kind of like what... I think, too, with martial arts, you know, you, with, with the way I, I grew up and the training I had, it was very disciplined, and it made me disciplined in other areas of life. You know, it taught me to always do my best, you know, even, you know, if it's not so good, don't accept failure, keep on going, and that's one thing that I've carried, and I'll carry my whole life, you know, is because of the martial art discipline, 
you know, and I just try to, to focus, you know, and not let your head get too big is because, you know what, you can always do better. I don't care who it is. Whatever you do, someone can always do better, and you should always strive just to try to keep, you know, perfecting whatever that is that you do. Yeah. My first um, film being introduced to you was the China O'Brien series. How did that film come about? Uh, China O'Brien, we were in, I was shooting in Hong Kong, and I had a three-picture deal, and I already shot, um, I shot, uh, what film was it? Uh, I think, um, Writing Lost, but he be what was called Above the Lost, they changed the names, different places, yeah. and then I was to shoot that movie with Jackie Chan, the one where Armor of God, that's what it was, mm-hmm. where I was supposed to be the bad person in that, and then he got hurt, mm-hmm. so they posted that filming, and in the meantime, they said, well, Cynthia, we're, you know, we're trying, we're thinking of doing an English picture in Utah, and we're going to shoot two back-to-back, and that would be the end of your contract, and would you like to go to America and shoot with Robert Klaus? Now, Robert Klaus was the director of Enter the Dragon, and you're like, Robert Klaus, and I could shoot a picture in America, and I was like, you bet. So we, uh, we went off um, and <laughs> we did China O'Brien. It was really funny because at that point we were still, I was still a very novice and, and, and acting. I've only shot up to that point uh, probably maybe three or four Hong Kong movies. And, um, you know, English was different. It's like, wow, we have a script. I can understand what people are saying. The hours were different. We weren't shooting like for 36 hours nonstop. And um, we did two scripts at one time, and it'd be like we'd have the office from part one, and we'd be on the first script, and then Robert Claus would go, oh, okay, we're already here in the office. Let's do scene number 24 from, from the second script. And you're like, but I didn't even look at that scene. Oh, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Hurry up, look at it, and do it. <laughs> Oh it was like crazy, you know, you'd have to like learn the scene in five minutes and then go and do it, you know, so it, it, it was, and, and you, know, you know, we didn't know any better, so like, okay, yeah, we'll do it, you know, I think today, you know, if you said that to an actor, if you're, you know, oh, we're going to add this scene and we didn't let you know and you have to do it, I, I don't think that would go in so good these Oh my God! So then, um, ever since like from the China O'Brien movies, then you got more work done. So was it the China O'Brien movies that really said, "All right, you know, besides the movies you did in Hong Kong, that you know, you had all these other movies back to back to back." Like you was pulling out movies in the nineties like crazy. Oh yeah. Well, what happened is then China O'Brien, right, was the first. Uh, well, actually, I did uh, No Retreat, No Surrender. China O'Brien was like yeah. the second English movie that I did, and uh, it became a huge hit foreign, Um, and uh, like I remember someone introduced me to this guy in England, and he said, here's, this is Cynthia Rockoff, she's the girl that made you rich, and he owned the film there, and it was number two underneath Rain Man, so that's how uh, how popular that film was worldwide, so what happened then is that all distributors from all over the world wanted to buy my film because of the success of China O'Brien worldwide. So uh, during that period, I kept getting offer after offer after offer, you know, and um, action was very popular then, and I went from, you know, um, you know, doing a, a lot of the first time other than China O'Brien, like I was you know, the cop's girlfriend, and I'd be in the fight scene, but the guy would come in in the end, and he would, you know, he would save me, you know, and 
gradually when I was doing the American movies, because actually Chen O'Brien, even though it was American, it was still a Chinese production mm-hmm. company. You know, so it went to where I, could, I was going from being a co-lead to a lead. So things were changing. You know, people were like, wow, okay, there's a woman that could sell action, you know, because at that time they thought, you know, a woman alone couldn't sell the action by herself. You know, she needed to be, like, saved in the end by the guy. Yeah. So you, in a way, you was sort of like the kind of first kind of heroine for mainstream movies, if you think about it, right? Sort of? Well, I don't know if you'd say mainstream, because I've never, I don't think I've really, uh, in America, I haven't had a mainstream movie. I had most of the movies I've done were, you know, not really a big studio film. It was, they're always like independent pictures that made a lot of money through DVD and plan, Showtime or HBO, you know, like that, because back then, that market was was pretty big, you know? Yeah, no, I'm saying mainstream because even, like, in I remember when watching movies, you know, like, it's, you know, movies are more accessible now, but, you know, back in the day, you go to your local video store, like, I was telling this to Don the other time, you know, you'll see a Don the Dragon Wilson movie or Cynthia Rothrock movie more than you will see any other movie because you guys were pulling out movies back to back to back to back, and, you know, you guys, you know, especially you, you were in the cover of all your movies, so you had a lot of movies out there, so that's, that's what I mean by that. I know, like, you know, they consider the movies B-movies and everything like that, but, you know, it was action. If I wanted to see an action movie, your movies were pretty much the movies I You know, you were in Don the Dragon Wilson. You know, Billy Blanks were, like, the movies to go to. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. You know, um, you, you, you did some um, movie recently. It was, like, sort of like a... I, I don't want to say it was a parody, but it was, like, um... How can I say it was like a, a like a homage to the Expendables called Mercenaries? Can you, like, okay, uh, yeah. how can you tell me a little bit about that and how they got all the girls together to do this? Well, I should say the well, ladies. That was a, a, an interesting project because I was on my way to the Arnold uh, Sports and Fitness Classic, and I was getting a, an award from Arnold, and it was you know we get a lot of awards, and some are a little bit more meaningful than others. Yeah. Well, this one was very prestigious and very hard to get. So I was so excited about it, and I get to the airport, uh, um, the the awards were Saturday, I get to the airport Friday night, and I get a call from my agent saying, you just got a call to do this movie, Mercenaries, and you have to turn around and come right back and be on set tomorrow morning. Oh my God. And I was like, uh, you know, they were telling me about the script, and, and the money was good, and I was like, oh, man, I really want to do this, right? And uh, from what I hear, Rebecca De Mornay was supposed to do the part, and she dropped out, I guess, at the last minute, right? So I was like, wow, okay. Well, then I talked to, you know, the promoter, who was a really good friend of mine, and I said, listen, I have this chance to do this, but, you know, I committed to you, um, would I be able to do it, or, you know, if not, you know, I, I would never, I would give it up, you know, because of my commitment, you know, my loyalty to you, you know, to Dr. Bob Goldman, and uh, he said, well, you know, you really need to be here, so he got on the phone, and he said, you know, how important the Arnold Award was, and all the press that's going to be there, so they said, okay, well, she could be on set Sunday, as soon as she gets the word Saturday, she flies out of there, right? and of course we have a big snowstorm going on, right? Yeah. Well, the planes are delayed. Um, you know, she could play this other part. So they said, okay. So they send me the script. I get the script um, Saturday morning, and I'm trying to read it, 
and I get, I get, um, I get to um, the award, and uh, you know, I'm meeting all these great people like Jason Statham and everybody, and I can't stay. I want to stay and hang with everybody, but the minute I get the award, I got to get out of there. So I get out, I get to the airport, and I have to be on set at 6 a.m. the next morning. I get to the airport, and they say, we changed your part back to the other character. And I was like, oh, are you kidding me? I didn't even look at those lines. So now my computer battery is dead. I can't look at it. I get in at, um, I get in in California at 1 a.m., which is really 4 a.m., right? Because yeah. I'm East Coast time. Yeah. I have to study a different part, and I have to get up in three hours to get ready to go to the set. So I'm like, what do I do? Do I, like, study my lines? Do I go to bed? What do I do? And, and it was a line. It was like a eight-page dialogue I had. It couldn't have been, you know, with technical terms, and I was, like, freaking out. So anyway, I get to the set the next day, and I was like, oh, I'm not trying to remember the lines. Well, the guy that was in Mercenary, Gerald, that was supposed to be my assistant, he was going to, we were going to switch parts, so at the same time, he got... He got to switch the, the part too, so he had to do it. Although he had, you know, part of he was part of the production, so he knew the script better than me. So I kind of just got thrown in there. I didn't. I didn't have wardrobe fitting. Everything was like, okay, we got it. You know, I, I mean, it was kind of like just so fast, so quick, and it was just like totally unexpected. So that's that's kind of how how that one came about, you know. But it was it was a good little film, you know. I thought the director Chris Owen Ray did an amazing job with it. Yeah, it was amazing, especially having, you know, Zoe Bell and Brigitte Nielsen and you guys all together. It was pretty cool, but wait, but they wanted Rebecca De Mornay for your part, though? That's Yeah, that's who was supposed to play the part, you yeah. know, and they put that little fight scene I did in with, with, uh, with um, Vivica because it was kind of like, we kind of have Cynthia do something, you know, because everybody's like, well, wait, why do you have Cynthia Rothrock in the film and she's not fighting, you exactly. know? And it was weird for me because I was playing the head of the CIA, you know, and I was like, I kept going like, I want to be in there fighting. I want to be fighting. I want to be fighting. You know what I mean? And I was like, okay, just all right, all right. This is a rocking role. This is good for you. You know, you can do that. You know, but it was it was funny for me because it was kind of like I was used to getting in there and doing all the fighting. Where here I was just you know playing the acting part. But I mean, I was I was very glad to be in you know with the cast because all the girls were amazing. You know, so I was just really honored to be part of it. You know, so I always thought, well, if they do a sequel to it, maybe they'll call in the head of the CIA to come in and help with, help with the fighting as well. <laughs> yeah. So you were sort of like the Bruce Willis role for the Expendables, right? Like the CIA agent as Mona. You was like sort of like the Bruce Willis type role? Yeah, yeah, I guess. Yeah, kind of like that, yeah. But I think if they originally probably would have called me for it, they probably would have added it. I, I would imagine they would have added more fight scenes in, but since it, you know, the part was, uh, you know, Rebecca DeMornay was cast in it, you know, it was more, it was all an acting part, it wasn't really, you know, one of the fighting parts. Uh, and I know you're, you're now, you're filming a movie called Bitch Fight, can you give me a little bit of details about that? Well, that, we're not filming that right now, that one is still in, um, uh, kind of a pre-production stage, oh, okay. uh, so financing, financing isn't there completely yet, so, um, that one is an interesting um, project for me. It's uh, a completely different role than something I've ever, ever done before, which I like, you know, because it's challenging for me to play someone so far from 
my natural personality <laughs> to it. But uh, I, you know, I know um, the writer, and he's he's a great writer. He wrote a, he wrote a great script. It's really down and dirty script. Um, but at the moment, it's not a hundred percent go. And basically, uh, you know, I kind of until a project has complete funding and you're ready to go to set. You know, that's just, you don't know if it's ever really going to get made or not. You hope it does, but, you know, it's still at that stage where it's not a definite go yet. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, you also finished production. You was in New York City recently about the martial arts kid. Um, could you tell the people out there a little bit about that? Yeah, the martial arts kid is, um, it's the first time I get to play a mom. Right? Which is funny. <laughs> exactly. And yeah. I am a mom. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It's like, Jesus. It's like, she's like, trying to drive the other day. And I was like, going, oh my gosh, where does time go? But anyway, um, I know James Wilson, who's Don's brother. Yeah. And he said to me, I want to do a nice family picture with you and Don. Yeah. And this was a couple years ago. And we're like, oh yeah, sure. Well, one thing I know, when James says something, it's going to happen. It happens. He'll make it happen, you know. Um, and sure enough, you know, um, we got Michael, uh, the, the director and the writer, got the script together. Um, we came up with the anti-bullying, t- t- you know, theme that's going to help kids with school issues and, uh, you know, all kind of issues that teenagers go through. And it was a little, di- it was different for both of us because Don and I are always used to doing the down and right, like fighting and um you know, this one has fighting in, but my fighting in it is a little more, kind of a little more, a little bit like Jackie Chanish a little bit, you know, kind of, you know, very effective, but, you know, with, with a, a flair of, you know, I'm not trying to kill you, yeah. you know, just kind of down. And um, uh, the actors in it, the, the, the uh, younger actors are amazing. I mean, it had a great cast. And uh, I think people are really going to like it because whether um, it's, it's a martial arts film or it's not, you know, it, it, you, you're going to like it either way, whether you like martial arts or you don't. And I think the thing is, which we're really proud about this, is that, you know, the issue um, with bullying is really addressed, you know, and we have a couple organizations backing us you know, on that, and the cool thing is, is that there are so many people in this film that are martial artists, that you're going to be going, oh, there's so-and-so, and wait, wait, was that them? No, I mean, like, I don't even know how many people are in it, but it's got to be the most martial artists, uh, celebrities, actors, masters, students that's in this film, you know, so, so it's, it's, it's kind of fun, and, you know, we're getting a lot of buzz, a lot of good things about it, and the great thing is, is that Don and I, James, we've raised $175,000 to make the film a little bit bigger than we were intending um, through Kickstarter, which makes us very proud and happy that there's so many people whose heart is put into this project, you know, so, so it makes it really special for all of us. Wow, it's, yeah, it's definitely an amazing project, and you know, I, and, and you know, you have T.J. Storm, you have like a lot, a lot of people that are in this involved in this movie, so it's amazing. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, it's it's it, it, it was, and to me, the best part is is that I worked with all my best friends, and how cool is that? You know what I mean? Is to work with 
people you love and people that you like to hang around with and having such a great atmosphere and everybody just, you know, trying to put it together, you know, on a small budget and make everything work, you know? And it was good. I mean, you know, we shot it in Florida and we shot it um, in California and, um, you know, it, 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 it's good. It's a cute, it's a cute little film. So, you know, nobody's talking about possibly doing the sequel, so that'd be great. Oh, wow, that's amazing. So, are you continuing to act now? Because I know you left for a little bit, you came back, so are you continuing to act now? Yeah, well, what happened is in 1999, I had my daughter, you know, and, you know, it was time for me to be mom, you know. It was time, you know, I was like, I did Redemption with Don Wilson, and I was sitting in my trailer at 1 o'clock in the morning saying, I could have been with my little baby, you know what I mean? So I was like, you know, um... I, I, at that time, I said, you know what, I'm, I'm, I'm going to kind of not do so many films and just kind of take care of my baby. And then when my daughter was three, I did a movie called Outside the Law. And this is the first film I did as a lead. And I said, ooh, how's this going to go? And, I, and so my daughter and my mom and I, we all went to Puerto Rico where we shot it. And, you know, it worked out fine. I was like, okay, I can do this. Well, then she became five. And she was in school, and I couldn't pull her out of school, and I didn't want to do a movie like, you know, I had to turn down something and say, hey, do you want to be, you know, six weeks in China? I was like, no, I can't do that with, you know, a little four-year-old. I can't leave for six weeks. So I kind of put the career on hold. And then, you know, I've done a few things here and there, but then my daughter got older, and when she became a teenager, it was almost kind of like, well, I'm with my friends. Uh, you know, Mom, I'm in my room and close the door, and I'm sitting there going, where's my little girl? Where's my buddy? Where's my partner that travels with me? So I said, you know what? I said, I gotta, I gotta go back to work. You know, I'm gonna go back to work now. It's the time to go. I can do it, you know, and, you know, she's, she's older now, so I just put my mind into it and said, I'm either gonna go back to work or I'm gonna open up a martial arts school. That was, that was my, my, my feeling, what I was gonna do. And then I got an offer to do a film, and then I got an offer to do another film, and I was like, you know what? Maybe I could get the acting career going back again, because that's what I would really like to do. And then keep the martial arts school in the back burner, like down for the future, you know? So thank God I'm really blessed that, you know, in the past couple years, you know, I've been doing some good projects. I have some really good projects in the future, you know, coming up. So, um, I mean, it's looking good, you know. I'm really, really excited about recreating, you know, recreating, um, the, you know, doing action films again. Oh, so is there any um, up, upcoming projects that you could talk about, or is this something that's still in, like, negotiations, or...? Um, well, uh, there's a possibility that, uh, well, if, I can't mention it yet, I wish I could, because I'd be shoving it on the rooftop, oh. um, but I've met with a really big director that is writing a script, and he wrote a part in for me, and uh, I haven't read the script yet, but he's saying he's going to do it, and I think if that gets done, that's the chance that I need that's going to escalate me up into, you know, a movie that's going to be shown in the theaters, you know, so I'm really hoping that that goes because that has been my dream is going to do a film that's going to be in theaters, right? Yeah, um, I know you can't really talk about it, but is it, does it involve, like, is this like an action movie type situation? Or? It's a total, it's a total action picture. Oh, yeah. sweet. Total action, 
there. And um, so I have that. I have a, a project that my dear friends, um, Sonia and Paul wrote that's called The Pearl of Penelope Peacock. Uh, and this, I love this script. I love it. This is like one of those scripts, you know, that actors read and they really want to do it. But again, the issue is getting the financing for it. So I would love for that one to happen because that's, that's like one that I go, yes, I, I love that. You know, we have scripts that we go, oh, yeah, that's going to be great to do. And then you have the part that you go, I got to play that part, you know. So so I'm hoping that they could pull that financing together and we could get that done, you know. And then we have, you know, we have Bitch Fight. And then we have um, Don Wilson is doing uh, kind of a martial horror kind of film that I'm going to be part of. Oh, The Raid, and right? The Raid? Raid, so that one looks yeah. like that one will probably happen next, and then again, I'm, I'm positive, well, I'm almost positive, I guess I can't say positive, but I think, you know, the martial art kid will have a sequel, you know, so there's, there's good, there's, there's a lot of stuff out there, you know, and I'm feeling very blessed and very positive that, you know, the projects now that are coming to me are, are, are really good. Yeah. Um, 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 final question, um, Cynthia, I just want to know what... Can you tell me in, like, you know, in so many words as you can, what is the secret to your longevity besides, you know, being a mother, which is a mother is a 24-7-a-day job? Like, what is your longevity to continue success? What, you know, what is it for you? <laughs> what is the longevity? I mean, how do I do it or how do yes. I do it? Yes, yeah, <laughs> how do you do it, basically? Everything, everything. How, how do you do it? How do you... And you know what I'm saying? You're keep you're still going. And um, is there anything you want to plug out there? Because I know you have your martial arts schools and anything and everything. So is there anything else you want to plug? Yeah, I'm also well. My partner Marlon Shoot um, and I have been trying to work on a comic book for a while, and we have the story. Uh, and I think we're going to try to put that together uh, probably in the beginning of 2015. We're probably going to go on Kickstarter. And that is one of those projects that we've been trying to do for 10 years. And we've had like a team put together. But the thing is that everybody starts. 
us getting jobs and nobody could work for free. Yeah. <laughs> so I think, you know, people look out for that, you know, that that's up and coming and that's something that we really, 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 you know, want to get. It's called Sin, um, The Last Angel. Okay. And uh, so that, you know, look out for that. Um, and let's see, is there anything else? I think... I think I think that that's kind of it. If anybody wants to get in touch with me, they can uh, get in touch with me on uh, Facebook. I try Twitter, and I'm trying to get a little bit better at Twitter. <laughs> but um, anybody can contact me through um, the uh, official Cynthia Rothbard fan page. Uh, Cynthia, thank you so much for your time, and I appreciate it. And I'm looking forward to seeing you in the future in your career. Oh, well, thank you so much, and uh, thanks for asking me to do your podcast.